You're listening to the Vineyard Church's UK and Ireland podcast. The following talk was taken from our youth festival, Dreaming the Impossible, over the summer. Tickets for DTI 2023 are now available to buy, and you can either pay for the full ticket price up front or pay it in six instalments, helping to spread out the cost. Just head to dreamingtheimpossible.org to find out more. It is seriously, guys, it is an absolute joy to be here and to see this. I can't tell you what it means. I've been, I've been on the verge of, of tears all day. Uh, just this is a dream come true. Um, and I know it's, it's dreaming the impossible, uh, but this is a dream come true. And it fills my heart with joy seeing what is happening here and hearing the stories of folk who have uh, met with Jesus, of folk who have been healed, of folk, uh, many of you, um, encountering Jesus in a deeper way. And I just wanna encourage you, just before I really get going, um, when you go go home, please pray for those who organise this. I know I did it for 27 years with a team and they need your prayers, but also what you can do is encourage others to come next year. Pray, start praying now about which of your friends you can, you can invite who can come so that they meet with Jesus. You know now, you've seen it. It's not a cringy place for your friends to come to. And also do tell folk in other churches uh, so that, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if next year there was double the numbers? Um, and why not? The, the church of Jesus needs... Uh, DTI, and, and our country needs young men and women to come to know Jesus. And so I wanna say it, guys, guys, keep praying and, and be ambassadors for this event, not for the sake of this event, but for the sake of the gospel. And these guys, I know I gave Susie a hard time, but they are gold, they are gold. They're doing this because they love Jesus and they love you, and there's no ego in it. It's what I love. It's all about Jesus, and it's all about serving you. Anyway, I, I need to keep an eye on the time. Uh, I um, gave my life to Jesus um, uh, two months before my 16th birthday, and I was really keen from the moment I became a Christian, and I'm telling you, that was in another century. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, I started reading Christian books written by famous Christian leaders in order to find out how to walk with Jesus. And do you know what? At the beginning, I, was, I enjoyed them, but after a while, it felt like there was something similar in all of them. You know, it was like in all these books, it was like there was a miracle on every page. You know, and they would say, I walked down the road and I smiled at someone and they became a Christian. I said hello to someone and they fell over. You know, and all of that stuff. And, and what started to get me was, I thought, I'm just nowhere near that because in my life, you know, there isn't a miracle in every chapter, let alone in every page. And from the beginning, from the, mo- from the beginning, to be honest, I started feeling I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, how could God use me? And then when I was 18, I heard about this conference uh, led by a famous Christian leader in Bognor Regis of all places. 
Are you from Bognor Regis? I'm so sorry. And, <laughs> and it was in February. Now, Bognor Regis is interesting in the summer, but in February, it was like, and I went on my own, I booked in. There were about one and a half thousand people there. And uh, I checked in first to my bed and breakfast, which if there's any foreigners here, it's a kind of cheap hotel in someone's family home. And I checked into my bed and breakfast and then I went to the first evening meeting. And the worship was like this, it was lively, there were people dancing. And I'm not built to dance, <laughs> I'm built to roll, you know? And, and, and I worked out when everyone's dancing and you're just not a dance person. I mean, if I started doing what you were doing, you know, we'd have an earthquake. And, and, and so I, I learned to, if I had the right face on and I went like this, everyone would think that my feet were off the ground and I could get away with it. So they all danced and I went like this and we all celebrated. And then we sat down and the famous Christian leader came up and he looked at us. And he said, brothers and sisters, are you living in the victory today? Immediately, I felt guilty. He said, have you triumphed over sin, sickness and Satan? Or have sin, sickness and Satan triumphed over you? And then he said, I stand before you tonight with all the symptoms of the flu. My nose is running, my throat is sore, my head throbs, my body aches, but I am not believing in the flu. I am believing in the God who has triumphed over the flu and I'm standing tonight on my healing. And I remember thinking, I wonder how you do that, stand on your healing. Well, one and a half thousand of us, we stood and we clapped and cheered that famous Christian leader. And I thought one day, if I try really hard, I could be as good as him. Anyway, the meeting finished and we went left and I walked back to my bed and breakfast. And as I was walking back, I passed a fish and chip shop. Now I need you to know, because a number of you have not encountered me before. And so I need you to know that I am a man of principle. There are principles by which I live my life. I'm not like some of you, blown this way and that way by every wind. I live by principles. And one of the principles by which I live my life is this. I never, ever, ever go past a fish and chip shop without going in. So I went in. And so I went in and I ordered fish and chips and mushy peas. And uh, they put the salt and vinegar on, be quiet. And, they, and, <coughs> and I, I went out and I sat on a wall and I unwrapped it and I started to eat it. Now there's fish and chips and fish and chips. There's fish and chips where you break a piece of the fish and the outside is crisp and golden and delicious. And on the inside, there is the white succulent flesh and the chips, the chips, 
they're, 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 they're golden brown and it's the right consistency of salt and vinegar. This was not that kind of fish and chips. I broke a piece of fish and the grease went down my elbow. The chips were a bit more like brown mashed potato. And the, and the mushy peas, I don't even want to go there. But I thought I have bought them, I am going to eat them because that is another principle by which I live my life. If I buy food, I eat it. And I ate it all. Then I went back to my bed and breakfast. I went to my bedroom. Uh, I, I got undressed. I went to bed. I fell asleep. At about two in the morning, I awoke. And I awoke slowly. And as I was in that half slumber, half awake state, I thought, what is that strange sensation that I am feeling? And then as I woke up more and more, I thought, oh no, it's that feeling I have before I'm going to puke. Oh no, I mustn't puke. I'm in a strange person's house. I'm in a bed and breakfast in Bogner Flipping Regis. I must not, my mum's not here. I mustn't puke. And I tried really hard. And after a while, I could feel it getting worse. So I got up and I started walking around the bedroom. And I started, I tried to triumph over the puke. And I stood on my healing. But the more I tried, the more it didn't work. And there came a point, you know, when you're, you're, you're about to vomit, you, there's a point where it's the point, what I call the point of no return. It started to come up and it is not going down. And I rushed out of the bedroom. I rushed down the landing. I found the bathroom. I got there just in time. I opened the toilet lid. I knelt in front and out it gushed. In, it was like Niagara Falls. It came out in such a torrent. Fish, chips, mushy peas and carrot. And I thought, where the hell did carrot come from? I haven't had carrot for days. Have you noticed, what is it? That there, might, there must be a compartment in your stomach that, is, that says, save a bit of carrot for colour if you're ever gonna vomit compartment. Because whatever you eat, there's a bit of carrot that comes out. Well, it came, can I tell you, it came out so fast that my nose acted as an overflow pipe. And I got a bit of mushy pea stuck in my left nostril. It was horrible. It was horrible. It just, it just flowed like crazy. And, and, and I thought, oh my goodness, more is coming out than I ever remember putting in. And eventually it stopped and I felt better and, and I, I got some toilet tissue. I wiped my mouth. I, I wiped my chest. I wiped the floor around the toilet. And then I went back to my room and I thought that was horrible, but it's over. Now I can sleep. I went back to bed. 30 minutes later, I thought, no, no, it can't be. It's all come out. I started walking around. The, 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 the 10 second warning came. I rushed back to the toilet and more came out. It was just kept coming. It kept coming. And then it stopped and I thought, there cannot be anything left. I felt better. I went back to bed. And you know when you're, when you're really sick, have you noticed it always comes in threes? 
and there was, and the third one is the worst. And, and I started to feel it again. I walked around, I tried to triumph over, over my, my vomit, but it didn't work. 10 second warning, I got there. And this is the third time when there's nothing left, but your stomach and your brain have met each other and they're having a party. And, and the third time, it's because, so it was like, I remember I went, I knelt over the toilet, I went, and eventually a bit of bile came out and it burnt my throat. It was horrible. And then I went back to bed and I felt such a failure. I felt useless. I felt horrible. Eventually I went to sleep and then the alarm clock went at 7 a.m. And I thought, oh no, I just want to die. I don't want to go to a Christian meeting. I'm not even sure if I'm a Christian. You know, I just, I don't want to die. And, and then I, I got up and I got dressed. I had a shower. Well, actually I had a shower and then I got dressed. And, and, then, and, then, and then I just went down to the breakfast room where the other guests were. And I sat there feeling dreadful. And the lady came to me and she said, would you like a full English breakfast, sir? Uh, eggs, bacon, sausages, mushrooms, baked beans, tomato. I wish I could stand here and tell you I said no. But, but that is another principle by which I live my life. I never ever say no to any kind of food. And, and, and then I went to the meeting and I remember feeling such a failure. And as I, as I walked through the door, there was this steward, you know what they're like with the green or the yellow jackets. And there was this tall guy. And I just, please, please don't, don't go near me. And as I got there, he put his hand on my shoulder and he looked down at me with this Christian grin. And he said to me, brother, are you living in the victory today? And I thought, what do I do? If I tell him, actually, I've been puking all night, mate. I could see by his face that he would try to lay hands on me. And if he tried to lay hands on me the way I was feeling, I would lay hands back on him. And so I thought to stop a fight, I lied and I said, weekly, yes, thank you very much. And I walked past. And then I thought, not only am I a failure, but I'm a liar as well. I can't even tell the truth. And then the meeting started and everyone worshipped and everyone else was... And I just didn't have the energy. And I looked round and, 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 and I suddenly despised them. I suddenly thought, you're all a bunch of hypocrites. You're making up. Look at you. You're making an exhibition of yourself. Will you put that flag away before I burn it? You know, and, and it was all of that. I, yes, I feel like that about flags. And, 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 and it was like I hated them all. And then the worship finished and we sat down. And the famous Christian leader came up. And he looked at us. Brothers and sisters, are you living in the victory today? Have you triumphed over sin, 
sickness and Satan. Why do I always look at you when I say Satan? <laughs> or have sin, sickness and Satan <laughs> triumphed over you. And then he said, last night I stood before you with all the symptoms of the flu. My nose was running, my throat was sore, my head was throbbing, my body ached. But I did not believe in the flu. I believed in the God who triumphed over the flu. And I stand here before you this morning, completely healed. All my symptoms have gone. And 1,499 people stood and clapped and cheered that famous Christian leader. And I wanted to kill him. And I left that conference feeling more of a failure than ever. I couldn't even triumph over a bit of vomit. How could God use me? How could God use me? I just feel so weak. And I lived in that place for too long until I actually started reading Paul's letters to the Corinthians. And there's passages here that are absolutely unbelievable. And I'd always thought of Paul who wrote these letters as the hard man of the Christian church. You know, he was like, you know, I, I thought, you know, if I see Paul in heaven, he'll look at me and he'll say, how many churches have you planted? Is that all? And I just saw him as being, being a bit of a, a hard guy. And I, there's passages I never saw. I just want to quickly read them to you and say a couple of things and then we're going to pray. And just, just listen to this. These are just a few excerpts that I never, ever saw. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. I'm so pleased about that. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And then he says, um, uh, I did not come to you when I came to you. I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. Paul said, the guy that planted so many churches through whom most of the New Testament was written, he said, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. Really, you felt like me? when you were serving Jesus. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul says, uh, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And do you know that picture he was using? In those days, there weren't any banks or safety deposit boxes. So the rich people would hide their treasure in vases and what they did is they would hide them at the beginning in very expensive vases. But of course, when the thieves came, when the burglars, they'd steal the expensive vases and take the treasure with them. So the really clever rich people, they would buy rubbish. They would buy cracked pots. They would buy jars of clay. The sort of thing I made in pottery class when I was 11, you know? And they would buy them and they would hide their treasure in these jars of clay, in these cracked pots. And when the burglars came in, they thought, we won't steal that, that's rubbish, that's not worth anything. 
and they would leave the treasure. And Paul uses that image to say, we have God's treasure in our cracked pots. I am a cracked pot. You are cracked pots. We are jars of clay. And that's how the Christian life works. We carry His treasure and the treasure of His life shines as it were through our cracks. Um, I didn't mean it quite like that. And then he says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. I've spent most of my life perplexed, but not quite in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, uh, struck down, but not destroyed. This is Paul. This is what he says. And, and I'll, I'll skip the next one. You could, there's another thing. Oh, I'll just tell you quickly. He says, rather as servants of God, chapter six, uh, we commend ourselves in every way. How does he commend himself? In great endurance, in troubles, hardships and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments and riots, and so on and so on. And then one, one, more, one more passage that I just find amazing. Uh, uh, the, the Corinthians are boasting about super apostles who are perfect, who have everything, who always triumph over sin, sickness, and Satan. And then Paul says, you wanna know, you wanna know qualifications? Let me tell you now. And then he says this in uh, 2 Corinthians 11, whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast about. Now he starts doing well. He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. And then he gives his qualifications. He says, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently. Now, how many of your church leaders boast that their qualification to lead the church is that they've been in prison more frequently than anyone else? been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times, he says, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. My question is, if you've received the 40 lashes five times, who cares about the minus one? Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. And that doesn't mean he was taking illegal substances. It means they were throwing stones at him. Three times I was shipwrecked. How on earth does someone manage to get shipwrecked three flipping times? You'd have thought after the first two times, he'd have taken the bus. You don't get deep theology like this from Pete Hughes. I spent a night, <laughs> I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I think the message he's trying to get across is he was in a little bit of danger. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. Oh my goodness, he really suffered. Listen, I have known hunger and thirst. Oh, and have often gone without food. That is terrible. 
I have been cold and naked, and so on and so on. And then he says, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. And the reason he says this is this. He says, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then he says this, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And here's the message this old man wants to say to you with all my heart. Lots of you, you feel you're not good enough. You don't pray enough. You don't read your Bible enough. You don't witness enough. You're not kind enough. You're addicted to stuff. Uh, you've messed up uh, all of those things. Uh, when, you, when, you, when you get sick, you vomit. You don't triumph over the vomit. What I wanna say to you, He wants to help you with all that. But don't wait until you're sorted before you think that God can use you. God uses us in our weakness, in our brokenness. He uses us as we are and He loves that because He wants us to learn to rely on His strength in our weakness. He's not looking for super, super apostle Christians. He's looking for ordinary men and women, some of whom struggle with their weight. Thank you. Others of whom struggle with other things. And God wants to use you as you are, as you go back, as you go back home. Don't let the devil whisper lies to you. Yes, yes, you got things to work on. Yes, there, there isn't anyone who hasn't. And I have discovered that it's so often in my life when I have been at my weakest, when I have not known what to do, when I've doubted and questioned that God has moved in and done the most amazing things, the most amazing things that I could not have believed. And lots of you tonight, my prayer as I come to an end is that, is that you, you stop being ashamed of your weaknesses, but you bring them to God. Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses that God's power may rest on me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It is His treasure in this cracked pot. It's his treasure in these jars of clay. That's how he wants to win the world. Not with superhuman beings, but with ordinary Christians who are authentic, who are real, who are vulnerable, and who seek to love people in Jesus' name and to care for them. Someone once said, never trust a leader who doesn't walk with a limp. I didn't used to know what they were talking about until I ended up in leadership. 
and I, I walk with a limp. There's a brokenness in me. And if I had waited until I was sorted, until God, and, until I would step out in his name, I'd be waiting forever. What he does is he sorts you on the way. He sorts you on the way.